Here's the thing. Once you truly uncap your potential and what your voice is, means, represents, and all of that, the sky is not even the limit. Because when God is working through you, you can see miracles happen. You can see chains be broken off. Yes, you, the person who had shackles and chains on them, can be the person who is alleviating people from their chains on a daily basis. I was the person who had shackles and chains on them. I was the person who was depressed. I was the person crying at night. I was the person, I was the person so, I was the person so low down. But God made me into somebody and over character development and brought me through all these situations. I'm now in a position where I can say, oh, I've been through that, got the t-shirt, got everything. I know what it's like. Welcome back to the JXW Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Poetics. And if you are new here at the JXW, we strive to help you pursue God, seek freedom, and acknowledge your God-given gifts. Hey, today, August 19th, is my mother's birthday. And I'm so, I feel a different type of way. I feel a different type of way. Why? Because for the longest time, I don't know if you've known this, but my mother passed away over eight years ago. And all the emotions and everything just intensifies as it becomes the fall season and the winter season because my mother passed away near Thanksgiving. And what that did to me back then ironically is what boosted me into the person that I am now and what I had to go through was a lot of things emotions a lot a lot of a lot of my personality I had to wrestle with a lot of things that I had to find out for myself no one helped me at in that time I was very isolated I did not know who I was or whose I was I did not follow God a hundred percent to the t to the dot I did not have a spiritual representation to be there even though I grew up in the church but hey with this episode it's not about me wallowing in my remembrance of who my mother was but i want to help us i want to help us get through the, the the time in our lives where we just had an emotional outburst of anger sadness depression whatever it was and we don't understand it or maybe we still have these episodes or maybe we just do not know how to conduct ourselves emotionally it might be because we've never sat down and we really never had, we never understood who we are on an emotional level. Now, many of us, we don't even understand who we are on a physical level. We're still trying to figure out our purpose and what God has positioned us here on earth to do. But here's the thing. Not only do you have to figure yourself out on a physical level and what your purpose here on earth is, but also on a spiritual level, how God is using you and your testimony, but also on an emotional level and to get in a deeper understanding of who you are and what you stand for. Because if you do not know who you are on an emotional level, then people who know who they are on an emotional level will manipulate you and will use your emotions against you. They will, they will leverage, they will use their position in life to say, you need me. To say that you cannot go anywhere, you cannot do anything, you are dependent on me. And if you find yourself in that situation even right now where you are a, a part of a, a, a friend group or somewhere and, and then you just, you just, you are dependent on that person 100%. You need to break away. Because yeah, it's cool to have friends, families, people over you or, or leaders that we depend upon. It's cool to submit under authority. That's that's fine. I'm not saying that you should be rebellious and not submit to a higher personnel. I'm not saying that. I submit to higher people. And ultimately, I submit to God, first of all. 
You know, during the season, the series, Soul Series, we're talking about Deuteronomy 6, 5, where it says to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. And we're talking about how much of us, our soul, have we've divvied off to the world. And what is the percentage of that going to God? The Bible says we should give it all to God. But the thing about it is that's not realistic, right? We all have a tendency to give a part of ourselves to this world in some capacity of whatever that means. But if you find yourself, whether it be, whether it be a, a partner, a friendship, a work relationship, and on an emotional level, on an emotional scale, you cannot live without that person. You might be in a toxic environment. And you have to, you have to, you have to search within yourself and to say if, if this is honestly, truly an environment where you need to be in. Here's the thing. People who lead you into manipulative, toxic environments, they know how to manipulate and control you. They know how to press that button just right so that you feel just enough guilt, not to leave. They know how to gaslight you so that the entire vicinity, the entire world around you puts pressure on you so that you stay in line with what's happening. Hey, before I started this podcast, before God told me to start this podcast, I was in that situation. I was in that moment of I felt as though I was being gaslit. And I was. I felt as though my voice was being suppressed. And it was. I felt, and now the situations don't matter anymore. It's the past. It's gone. But the thing about it is, all because it was the past doesn't mean I can't reflect upon the fact that it still happened. You see, the, all because what people did to you happened doesn't mean that you can now no longer talk about that thing as if it's not a real thing that happens to other people. Now I have this... I have this ability now to speak about these issues for other people who are going through these situations to find some type of freedom and to break away from the chains of the position that they are in, that manipulative state. But the thing about it is all because you went through that, that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen anymore. So what if... I don't know. What if somebody out there is dealing with being manipulated or is dealing with being gaslit or is dealing with emotional suppression? Because I've been there. And with this episode, I don't want to just be emotional on you and be vulnerable on you for no reason. I want there to be a reason for this episode. I want you to think about right now how emotionally, how strong are you emotionally? Like when the attacks of the enemy and, and when the arrows come left and right and bottom and front and, and up and down, what do you, how do you react? What do you do? What is your defense mechanism? Do you act like a victim? Do you act like a victim, not only a victim, but do you project those arrows back at other people and hurt other people? But then you portray yourself as a victim and say that, woe is me, the world is coming against me. You see, there's many avenues when it comes to this mental health, these conversations. It's like, yes, we are being attacked, but also that doesn't mean that it justifies us emotionally attacking others just because we have been emotionally attacked and damaged okay my old season used to be suppression my old season used to be it used to look like people coming against me it used to look like people gaslighting me it used to look like all of this but that now does not mean that i have the power the innate ability to now attack my brother and sister in christ or sister in christ it doesn't give me that opportunity and I want to I want to have a conversation with you to regulate your emotions so now you can be free from the bondage that you are in. But you be free so much that you don't use it as a weapon against other people, but you use it 
as a tool to help other people get through the bondage of what you've been through. So with this episode, yeah, like I said before, my mother passed away just about eight years ago. Just about eight years ago. And I've, to- I've told this story many times on the podcast. But hey, my mother's biggest, biggest, te- like main testimony is the fact that she was driving home one of these days. I was like, I was very young. Probably I was like 10, 11, something like that. She was driving home. And this was the first instance that this ever happened. She was driving home. And right before she was about to turn into our neighborhood, she blacked out. An epileptic seizure happened and the oncoming traffic, boom, stopped. Now, here's the thing. The miracle is she lived to tell the tale. Actually, matter of fact, she lived years after that to tell the tale. Actually, matter of fact, not only did God save her in that moment because oncoming traffic, would you, oncoming traffic, you would be dead. You just instantly black out all incoming traffic. You like you are unconscious. But not only did God save her from that moment, but God saved her from every other instance of having blackouts. Now, here's where this comes into play in my life. The fact that she had blackouts, that was traumatizing. Just just picture this, right? Picture this. I want you to get in your brain, get in your imagination, someone who has epileptic seizures, right? Someone who just blacks out, seizes and all of that. Like, get that picture. One second, they're conscious. And the next second, they are violently moving on the ground, seizing at the mouth. What... What what are you thinking in that moment? What is your reaction? Like, what is the first thing that you go to? Like, do you immediately go up to that person and, and run up to them and try to find ways to wipe the spit off their mouth? Or do you immediately go to your phone, call 911 or call the ambulance? Or what do you do in that moment? How do you process that event? Well, whatever your answer was... That is something that I had to go through basically the entirety of my teenage years. The entirety of my teenage years, I had to go through that moment. And I remember a specific day we were out and I think we had a dentist appointment or something. Something was going on. And I remember we were going to Panera Bread and we were like, we we're about to go home and everything. The day was over. We we're going to Panera Bread. We we're about to get some food, all that stuff. Maybe go some shopping, whatever, whatever is in the area. And then we're at Panera Bread. We're ordering. And then one second, we're, we're fine. And the next second, my mother's on the ground. And when I tell you, every single person in that storefront had their phones out and calling 911, in the next nine minutes, they were at least five ambulance trucks and about a couple of police cars. I'm so serious. And that was every single year of my life. Different instances, obviously. But the thing about it is that boiled within me emotional trauma. Trauma that I did not deal with until... Way later in my life, actually so much later in my life that after she passed away, I still not, I did not deal with the trauma after she passed away. Literally for like three years, I was just holding that trauma in, just, 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 just trying to put it in my bank account, uh, my emotional bank account for a later, yeah. (laughs) But then when I turned older, When I turned older, about 18 years old, all of that, it it boiled within me and I can no longer hold it back. See, I want to help the both of us. So I'm telling my life experience. What is your life experience? What is a moment in your life where it's like, if if, if, if it's not for Jesus... Where would I be emotionally? And before I go on with this story, I want you to know that 
your emotions, they are a part of you. They are your uniqueness. They are who you are. Over the last two episodes of this Soul series, we've been really diving in the fact. Honestly, this was completely unintentional, but we have been really diving into the fact that you need to stop suppressing your true self. You need to stop putting up this this facade, this 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 just this thin layer, like fool's gold. Like, who are you trying to be? Who are you trying to emulate? But who are you trying to impress? Because the thing about it is, and this is just sidebar. Look, the people who you are trying to impress, the people who are you, you are buying these $300 watches for and these chains and you're just living this Gucci gang life and you're just living lavish and you are lying on social media and you are putting up a facade, a, a, a whole personality that's not even what you stand for morally. That perpetuates you to degrade yourself into this into this little speck of dust who is so insecure that you can barely scratch a sound if it was to tell your truth. So you would rather opt out of what God has created you to be, to be someone else that you can't even explain to the world why. And I don't understand it. Through the entirety of my life, it has been... Me and God. And even though I, I will admit, even though I did not know that God was with me, but it has been me and God. I've never, I never, I've never. And if I had, I felt sick to my stomach. I've never impressed nobody. I've never tried to live a life that's going to emulate someone else. I have never done that. And if I did... I became sick to my stomach and I turned away from it. Like, hey, let's have a moment of transparency. Every single person has tried to emulate somebody else. That's why I'm being so open with this because I'm saying if I did, I became sick to my stomach. Here's the person that I used to emulate and I became sick to my stomach. I used to emulate Tentacion. We talked about this on the last episode and I would listen to his music on repeat, on repeat, not knowing that his persona, his emotional backgrounds the things that he practiced the things that he spoke the things that he believed it enriched my soul but it also it degraded it at the same time you see i wanted to be x i wanted to be him i wanted to live up to his standards because I didn't have anyone to teach me anything else. Because I didn't have anyone to lead me any other way. Because I didn't have any other figure in my life to say that I am just perfect the way that I am. And for some reason, as I was a kid, I loved being another person. But now I say I only want to be for God. I only want to create for God. I only want to write poetry for Jesus. I only want to serve in church just for God and only for Jesus. And I do not do this for another person. But hey, where where are you at? Who are you trying to emulate? But no, this is a better question. Who are you running from? We posed a question, I think it was last episode or two episodes ago of the Soul series. And we were saying, who are you running from? Not an actual physical person, but what is that one trait that God has placed in you that you are scared to enact that into society because they won't accept you as who you are? God has made us, he's made us intricately who we are. He's given us all of our talents, our abilities, everything that God has fashioned us to be is exactly who we are and what God has made us to be. God has made us in his image. Why would we be in the image of this world? Why would we want to emulate the world? 
Why would we want to follow the stars? Why would we want to say, oh, I'm a Scorpio, but my, but, but my Sagittarius is rising? What does that even mean? Why are we trying to perpetuate witchcraft into our lives? Is it because we think it's cool to all of our friends? Because truly, we do not know what zodiac signs mean. This is a cultural thing. We don't truly know the witchcraft and the amount of demonic presence that is actually embedded into the whole zodiac star stuff. We just do it because we saw our favorite actress or we just do it because we saw our favorite social media like we just do it because we don't actually know what we are giving our soul away to and this is what this soul series is and what it represents what we are giving our soul away to and according to Deuteronomy 65 that we should give ourselves we should love the Lord our God with all of our heart with all of our soul and with all of our strength and in Romans 12 1 and 2 i think we know the second verse but the first verse it goes in depth and saying that we should be a living sacrifice and even the god's words translation says that this is your reasonable service that means that it is reasonable for us as christians to be a living sacrifice that means that this is this falls under the bare minimum <laughs> to be a living sacrifice it falls under the bare minimum of being a Christian to sacrifice daily our flesh. And when I tell you that my flesh is real, your flesh is real. I'm not hopping up on this podcast and saying that I'm any better than you. No, I have sinned. You have sinned. We all have sinned. And sometimes, I'm going to be honest, transparency. Sometimes when I sin, I get so bogged down and I feel so much guilt that literally I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to pray. I don't want to do anything because I just, I just feel so unworthy to enter God's presence. But that's the thing. When I sin, I should go immediately to the Bible. I should go immediately into God's presence. Why? Because I need to cleanse my spirit. But if I don't do that, I'm only setting the groundwork for the devil to now enter in and say, oh, Joey's not going to read his Bible. Joey's not going to pray. Joey's not going to do this because he's felt so much guilt from what he just did. Let me enter in now and create our household before Joey picks up the Bible again in the next 24 hours because I know Joey will feel in the presence. He'll feel better tomorrow. So let me enter in right now and make sure that Joey's soul is with me and that he has given me the enemy power in his life. So who are you trying to emulate? Why are you trying to be of this world? Why are you trying to, why are you trying to follow zodiac signs to find your purpose? Why are you trying to follow the horoscope to find your purpose, but on an emotional level, right? So let me get back to my story, right? So, the way that this story affected me of my mother passing away was, ironically, it was a weight lifted off of my shoulder. Because as a child, when you're going through life with somebody who always has brain seizures, it's always a moment of when. It's not if, but when. It's, 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 you're just waiting for it. It's, you're just paranoid. You, you're, you're just all over. The, you are just stumbling on your words and you don't know when it's going to happen. But when it happens, I'm going to be right there with some tissues and a pillow to support. And that, that wrecked my mental health. But as I said, I did not. I did not address those emotions. I did not address those emotions until I turned 18. And when I turned 18, I think a lot of you know, but when I turned 18, I started doing things to myself, self-harm, you know? And, and here's the thing. It sounds bad, but when I was in that moment, it felt, actually, it felt really good. The release that it it felt so good, but it was so degrading, and I was so ashamed to do it. 
actually, I lied. When people found out, when people like looked at me and said, wait, what are, what are all these markings? Because when I did it, I did it. I, like, I was ruthless. I had an aim and a goal. But then again, I, I wasn't capable of completing the goal. I was scared. I was scared to go a little deeper. I was scared. So, you know, I, I would skim it. But I wouldn't go completely in. Because I was terrified. This was going to hurt. So, back then... I started to practice self-harm and I was ashamed of it. And I had so much identity crisis within me that I literally in that moment, I formulated different personas. I formulated different voices. I, I was alone. So this is not surprising. I was always in isolation. I always felt as though that I was alone, even though God was with me. But at the time, I didn't really have a, a strong relationship with God. So it's like, who is he? Right? So I created these voices. I created these personalities. I created these personas. I created Joey. And then I created love. Or my emotion of love. I made her into an actual an actual person that I would talk to. And what I would do is I would write poetry to these two individuals. I would write poetry to Joey and I would write poetry to love. Actually, they wouldn't be written letters to them. They would be arguments between them. So my first ever work of art, my first ever my first ever collection of poems was called it was called Oceans of Emotions, right? The, the title of this episode is not because I found a fancy title and it just sounded nice, but the title of this episode, this phrase, Ocean of Emotions, have been with me for the last nine years and I've kept it. This is, this is me. This is, this is my upbringing. And, and here's the thing. When I started writing poetry, I would write poetry just for me to regulate my emotions and when i mean regulate my emotions i mean literally regulate my i mean literally sit my emotions down and talk with them literally it sounds insanity i know i get it it sounds awful but sometimes when you're in a moment of self-awareness you have to have a deliberate conversation with yourself to keep yourself sane I didn't have people around me. You got to remember. So this was my only way to be sane. And I didn't really believe in God, even though I built the church and I was in the church. That doesn't mean that I fully gave my life to the God of the church. So I had to sit myself down. And the poems that I wrote were very, very emotional, actually very intensified. Actually, a couple of years after I found freedom and I went through the whole story of, you know, changing churches and, and, and all that that we talked about last episode, you know, I, after I went through all that freedom, I literally went back to my, uh, to my poetry archives and I deleted half of the poetry that I wrote back when I was a younger teenager. Why? Because all of those all of those poems perpetuated my depression and I never wanted to go back there. But here's the thing. I will never forget the art that brought me to this present day. And the fact is that the artist was God and I was just the paintbrush and God used me as a paintbrush to paint this beautiful picture that would help other people in this world. This podcast is not the only medium that has helped me, helped other people. This podcast is just the second initiative. But the thing about it is when I was writing poetry back in that time, I would write poetry and I would post it on a website called Wattpad. It's, a, it's like if you don't know what Wattpad is, it's like a small forms website where you can upload your stories, poetry, any any written work, you can upload it and then people will see it. It's like social media for writers. <laughs> it's social media for writers. So I would upload my poetry and I uploaded this one poem called Damage My Love. Actually, this poem is an argument between me and my emotion of love, right? And when I uploaded that poem, I'm going to recite it in a couple seconds. Don't worry. But people started to comment under that post. And when I mean people started to comment, like, 
people loved it. And I was confused because it's like, um, this is literally my pain. <laughs> like, like this is this is literally what drove me in, in like this is literally what that this is the spawn of all of my depression. What do you mean you like it? What do you mean you you've enjoyed reading this? What do you mean this helped you? <laughs> what what is written on this page right now is what is causing my depression. Like, how is this helping you? And back then, I didn't understand it, but now I understand it now. God was setting me up. He was setting my entire life, the scope of my life up to help other people. Hey, this episode is not for me to tell my life. This episode is to help you realize that your emotions, they're not they're not a ticking time bomb that just affects you and maybe a couple other people and it just explodes. No, your emotions, once you tap into them and once you understand who you are and once you really dial down you and you know who you are and you've taken power over your voice and not suppressed it, once you truly understand the power in words that you have, not the words that you are emulating or the words that you are copying from another, I'm talking about you, your words, the words that God has gave, given you, the words that God formed you with, the, you know, the points and the views that you have. I'm talking about once you have completely unshackled the chains and uncapped your potential as your voice and not as another person's voice and not you following other people. I'm talking about the fact that God will use you as a paintbrush so he can paint this beautiful picture. And the thing about it is when you are going through the experiences that you're going through, do not call these things traumatic events. Yes, they are traumatic events. But if you have it in that outlook, you will always be phased with that trauma. You have to see that in a different light. You are no longer the victim. We're no longer playing victim. We are the victors. We have overcome those moments. We, and if you are still struggling in some areas, uh, let me tell you something. If you are still struggling, then say that you are the victor. Why? Because words have power. So it doesn't matter if you have not gotten over. It doesn't matter if that oppressor is still in your life. You have to recognize that words have power. So if you keep saying that you are in a victim mentality, you will forever be a victim. You will forever be the world is against me and I'm just going to die. And blah. You will forever be that way. But if you jump into a victor's mentality and, and say that I am more than a conqueror, that I am great because God says I'm great, that I am smart, doesn't matter if the teachers say that I'm dumb. It doesn't matter if the kids outside say I'm this way or that way. I am the way perfectly the way God made me. Although we are not perfect beings, but God made us in his image and not we ourselves or the people who are coming against us. Here's the thing. Once you truly uncap your potential and what your voice is, means, represents and all of that, the sky is not even the limit. Because when God is working through you, you can see miracles happen. You can see chains be broken off. Yes, you, the person who had shackles and chains on them, can be the person who is alleviating people from their chains on a daily basis. I was the person who had shackles and chains on them. I was the person who was depressed. I was the person crying at night. I was the person, I was the person so, I was the person so low down. But God made me into somebody and over character development and brought me through all these situations. I'm now in a position where I can say, oh, I've been through that, got the t-shirt, got everything. I know what it's like. So even though what I went through was very traumatic and, and 
As I was writing my poetry and going through each year of my life and really just expressing to myself and to the world what I was feeling, I did not recognize that the words that I were putting out into the world were actually in a weird way. They were helping people and motivating people and people were actually being enriched by what I was saying. And that really confused me for a long time because it's like these words that I'm putting together in poetry and all this stuff is like very degrading to my spirit and very degrading to my soul. Like this is my this is the spawn of my depression. Like literally as I was writing these poems, I was crying as I was writing these poems. I was crying. I was all of that. I'm not even going to put up a self. I'm not even going to put up no walls like I was very emotional back then. I was a crier and there's nothing to be ashamed of because honestly, in that point of my life, I broke right but I did not know that what I was putting out into the world helped people matter of fact I'm gonna read this poem it's called damage my love and I've recited this poem a couple times on this podcast but I'm gonna do it again and before I read the poem I'm actually going to read right from Wattpad the all of the comments that I got from years and years and years ago so the first comment Favorite so far, I honestly felt the emotion flowing from my screen into my soul. Well done. This is seriously awesome. Wow. Wow, it's beautiful. It's more like a song than a poem. Then someone just said beautiful with a heart emoji. Now that's deep. It's a song, isn't it? It's beautiful, yet stabbing. Now, those comments are amazing. But I just want to share with you what they were commenting about. What what these people were finding so beautiful and so impactful and so amazing. Like this is what they were finding beautiful, impactful and amazing. So this is Damage My Love. Love has found me. She came like a dove, flooded my existence. Everywhere I looked, I was hurt. Love has found me in the darkest hole. She locked my chains, burned me with her tongue. As we kissed, I saw my life flying like embers of a campfire. Love has found me. The day we met was the day my dreams turned to nightmares. But still, as a pig to the slaughter, I enjoyed every hour with her. Love has found me. Emotional pain has ended my life, but love will cut my throat like a knife. I shot my heart with the same gun she murdered my family with. Oh, love has found me she painted my blood on the streets but i still kissed her lips as beautiful love was her darkness choked every breath out of my heart forever i will cry love has found me love has found me love found me these words will i cry as repeatedly have my heart punched out and shattered on the grounds of hate and despair love has found me but i never felt love am i dead please say yes please say i was killed and no one cared to bring flowers love has found a crime scene with no tape because i was not worth the investigation love never found me because my emotions committed suicide in my mother's womb my eyes saw the sky and the moon as i slowly slowly died that was damaged my love that wasn't just a random assortment of words. That wasn't just a random assortment of sentences or line structure or none of that. That was my absolute heart. That is the pinnacle of who I was in that moment. That was me. And the thing about it is, here's the beauty that I find in life. The beauty in I, that I find in life is I find that there's, beauty in the younger generation i find that there's beauty in the ones coming up and here's the reason even and even jesus was that whoever brings pain to the likes of these children it would be better for them to tie a millstone around their neck and to be dropped into the ocean here's the reason why because children are so pure children are so pure they're so innocent there's nothing corrupting their brain and and here's where i kind of connect this to me in that moment even though i was a lot older than just a child in that moment i was probably 15 years old in that moment that was the purest that was the purest side of me 
When I mean purist, I'm not talking about the fact that I'm 100% innocent because obviously when you read back the lines of that poem, there's a lot mentally attacking me. There's a lot in my spirit. I am actually convoluted with a lot of things. But the thing about it is I am so vulnerable and so open and so ready to just tell my honest life story because there's absolutely nothing in my life that I want more than truth, than to figure out why my mother passed away. Then I am so pure in this moment there's nothing prohibiting me from telling my emotional state and i believe that is why we are so confused on who we are our purpose and what we stand for and i honestly i'll take this even further i'll believe that this is why so many people get emotionally manipulated because they do not know their pure state as an emotional person they have not sat down and had a conversation with either themselves or another person in the purest form not hiding anything because the thing about it the reason why i brought up the the example of the younger generation and and all that is because as we grow older we build layers on layers on layers on layers of suppression and we build layers on layers and layers and layers of a facade we build layers on layers and we just become absolute trash cans like a literal like a beautiful birthday present wrapped in so many layers of tin foil that you can't even see that it's a beautiful birthday present anymore. It's just now mentally distorted into believing what this world believes and following what this world believes and emulating what this world is. And that's how we are when we get older. We can't see the purest form of us. And so when other people see the purest form of us, they can now attack us in that state. Because we do not know what that state is and what that state entails. But in this poem, Damage My Love, I'm clearly saying love. I'm talking to love as, as a person. Love. I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to manipulate me to believe that this is right. This is not right. This is degrading me. I know my pure state. There's nobody nor nothing that can manipulate me. And I believe that that is why a lot of people fall victim to emotional abuse. Now, here's the thing. Emotional abuse, once you start talking about emotional, physical abuse, those things, unfortunately, in the world, those things, they're not a high percent chance of happening to every single person on this world. But it happens. And me personally, I know individuals, friends, that it's happened too. And here's what I have to say to you guys. That happened. But how much longer are you going to be victim to that situation? I'm not minimalizing what happened. I'm not telling you that what happened is not greater than what happened to me. No, we all go through the traumatic experiences. Me, isolation, and me being in my head was very traumatic to me. And me going through the death of my mother and processing all that was very... And you going through all that you've been through is very traumatic to us. But my point about it is how much longer will we be subjected to the slavery that that mental situation encapsulated us in? How much longer will we be in that cage? Yes, it might take time to process what happened to us because things happen. And there's no explanation in the world. And there's no sorries and apologies in the world that can rectify that happenstance. But are we going to have a victim mentality or are we going to be victors? Because God has called us to be more than conquerors. And for us to live the rest of our lives, 60 years, 70 years, I don't know how old you are. The rest of our lives under the flames of that activity, even though it happened so many, it, so many years ago. Maybe, maybe the traumatic experience 
wasn't as it wasn't as bad. It wasn't as violent. I'll say violent. I don't want to say as bad because I'm not trying to minimize anybody's pain. But it wasn't as violent. Maybe you weren't physically abused or emotionally abused. Maybe, maybe you have insecurities that the outside world had nothing to do with you being the way you are. But you have something to do with you rejecting the way who you are. And I relate with that because my physical form is different from a lot of other people. But I have to say, God, you made me different. As Kid Lee has this phrase, I'm different but gifted. And I, and I truly, when I heard that phrase, I was like, yes. It doesn't matter our flaws or differences. Wouldn't wouldn't life just suck if every single person was the absolute same and that nobody brought something interesting to the table? Now, me in life, I struggled for a very long time. I wanted to be like other people. I wanted to be normal or what the social construct of normal meant to me in that realm. I wanted to be normal, but I was different. But then again, I'm gifted, you know? And not many people know that they're gifted. And that's where you need to find yourself on a physical aspect of how gifted are you? And how can you perpetuate yourself into that gift? And how can you find in the Bible scriptures that you can base your life off of by the way, Proverbs 18, 16, Proverbs 22, 29, just look them up, just real quick, just, just throwing them out there. <laughs> but, but to find ourselves on a physical level, cool, that's great. What our purpose is, what our destinies are, that's amazing. I love that for you. But first, I want you to, I want you to realize yourself on an emotional level. I want you to realize that you don't have it all put together and your emotions are going to look like tomato soup. It's going to be a thing. But how are you dealing with your emotions? How are you regulating yourself? And if there's any situation in your life that you feel like you're being emotionally manipulative, manipulated and honestly manipulative <laughs> let's not say that we're the world is coming against us maybe we are causing the world some harm how how in some ways that you can transform your life just for the good because i no longer want to see myself or you struggling under problems and conditions that were 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. For the older people listening to this podcast, all because you are of an older stature doesn't mean that you no longer wrestle with the things of the past. All because people call you elders and elders and all this other stuff doesn't mean that there's something, there's something deep down that you are struggling with on an emotional level. Even though that's a now a Gen Z topic, it doesn't mean that you are excluded from the conversation. I'm sure since you are way older than me, that you have some moments in your life <laughs> that you might not have taken care of or that you might not have processed through. You know, getting older and gaining wisdom doesn't mean that you've 100% sought freedom. So this message is not just for my younger Zen, Gen Z folks. It's for the people who you guys have lived a little. And you still haven't completely rectified and made peace with that situation that might have happened 30 years ago. Or might have happened 20 years ago. Who might even have happened yesterday. So I just want to end with giving you this piece of encouragement your pain that was immense that was a moment that was a day that was a time but it's not now and if it is now here's the thing you're gonna get over it it's it's that sounds very harsh that sounds very straightforward i'm but it's true. 
there's a tomorrow. And when you, once you see that tomorrow, you have to recognize that you're no longer a victim to the situation, but you are a victor. It's like, I live in America. I'm black. I'm an African-American male. If I walk outside... I'm going to be looked at. It doesn't matter if I have 45,000 degrees in college or not. <laughs> it doesn't matter. If I, it, it don't matter if I have degrees in college or degrees from deodorant. It don't matter. I'm systemically going to be looked away. But the thing about it is, why should I, as a black male, an African-American male, walk around with a victim mentality that white people are going to call me the N-word at any other turn of my life? It's just like the situation with my mother. Why should I, as a child, walk around with the paranoia that any turn of my life, my mother's going to have a blackout? Why should I walk around like that? Now, obviously, I walked around like that because in that moment, her having blackouts was traumatizing. What if we change the narrative and say, hey, I'm not going to prolong my life in a victim mentality. I'm not going to prolong my... I'm not going to raise my kids being afraid of white people. That's absurd. I'm going to live my life with a victor mentality that I've already received the victory because God, he has given me new life. He's given me a fresh, brand new day. He's given me new eyes to see and new ways to gain wisdom. He's given me new, that's, 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 that's a layered thought. New ways to receive wisdom. That means new challenges. That means new things that I might see myself as a victim to and just hide, die, and cry. God has given me new ways every single day to receive wisdom. So why should I walk through this earth like I walked through this earth eight years ago when I was traumatized that my mother passed away and that all of that? Why should I continue my, why should I go in to being a 22-year-old male next year and say, I'm a victim because I'm black or I'm a victim because I'm emotional or I'm a victim because of this or I, why should I walk through 20, age 23, two years from now and perpetuate this thing i'm a victor through christ jesus jesus has already he's already died he's already he's already gotten beaten he's already shed his blood yes god he sent his son to die for you so i don't know if we have gone through the entire trek of this episode. It's been a whole hour of your personal time. So I know that you have some reason to believe in everything that was stated in this episode. But I just want to make this point ever so clear. Why would we want to follow what the world is saying about us? Why would we want to be suppressed by our emotions? Why would we want to be succumbed by what the world says that we should be in the future and that we should carry ourselves when God literally sent his son to die for you, you specifically, not for the world, but for you. We say, oh, God, he sent his son to die for us. Jesus, he no. It's personal because he loved you so much that he was willing to die for you. So if that doesn't make you so sold out for him i don't know what does i'm sorry <laughs> i apologize but no zodiac sign can give me the peace that god has given me i'm sorry no horoscope can give me the peace that jesus has given me i'm i'm terribly sorry but no celebrity no following can give me the peace that God has given me. 
nobody on this planet Earth, you can't name one celebrity that's comparable to what God has done for me, saving me from suicide four times. Are you kidding me? And the only reason why I was in that in, in that phase is because I followed the, the, the world. I followed what the world said I should be. I followed the mindset and the worldview of ex existentation. And it took me the far as to see my end, possibly. So I don't know where you are. I don't know. I don't know if you've accepted God as your Lord and Savior. I don't know where you are spiritually, but I want you to know this one thing. I want you to follow Deuteronomy 6, 5, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength, every bit and piece about you. And as we close this episode, but as we close this soul series, I want you to be fully sold out for Jesus. I want you to give every bit of you to him. I want you to process life, not as the world would want you to process life, but as God would want you to process life. I want you to absolutely see yourself as a child of God, but not a not a mistake and not a disillusioned, just lonely, just person that the world has created, but the world really doesn't care about. I want you to see yourself as a victor in Jesus Christ. But today... I want to close with this one thought. What does family mean to you? Like what what aspects of your family that you just absolutely love or you just absolutely ugh, you can do without or how many count back on all the years and the days that you've spent with your family and what does that mean? Because as I reflect on my mother and and her life and the time that we've had, I could tell you many of stories, but I just want you to now reflect on your family, on your sisters and brothers and your mother and your father, your cousins, or the people that you hold dear. What is your relationship with these people? And hey, I want to share some answers to this question from our Instagram group chat. Hey, we have an Instagram group chat. If you want to be a part of that community, you can add me on Instagram at jpoeticsworld. Poetic spelled with an X, world spelled W-R-L-D. Send me a DM request and I will add you to the community. But I just want to share two answers from Ciano and Patrice. Here, take a listen to this. When it comes to family, they do mean a lot to me. Um, like even the basic idea of how God just chose my parents. They chose my parents to have me. Um, and that's that's a blessing. Blessing to, for me to have a life. Me to have brothers, older brothers. Me to have um, even friends that I consider as family. So that's what family means for me. Um, in response to the uh, question, um, so I guess, you know, my family really means a lot to me, um, especially my dad. And uh, so, like, growing up, I just think my dad and I didn't always get along. We probably didn't have, like, the most amazing relationship. But, you know, when you're a child, you don't always see things from the eyes of an adult or your parents, you don't always understand why they might do things um, or why they might tell you to do certain things. And uh, you sometimes wish that they wouldn't, but then you realize too that sometimes maybe their overprotectiveness is, is showing you just how much they love and care about you. And it's just, it means that they don't want you to fail or don't want you to fall. And it's like, and parents all parents are different you know uh and as a teacher something that i always remember and um just knowing what i went through through my own parents i try i always remember um and to look at parents and see them we're humans most parents only learn to parent their children from their own parents 
And I don't think most parents are bad parents. I think that sometimes they may not have the resources that they need. Um, and in saying that, you know, I, I really do think that most parents always want what's best for their kids. Um, so what do my parents mean? My parents are, my parents are, my family is everything to me. Um, because without them, especially like I said, without my father, I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't have what I had today. My father would give me the clothes off of his back if he could or if he had to. Um, and uh, like I said, even though we, him and I went through a lot growing up and I didn't understand it at the time, now I look can look back as an adult and I can say, oh, that's why he did that. That's why he said that. Maybe he didn't have the best way of getting his message across all the time, but he meant, you know, he meant well. He was trying to protect me um, from a lot of different things. And uh, I can honestly say, and I know that I don't think that there's anybody in this world who loves me as much as my father does um, to this day. It, it, you know, it doesn't matter how far astray I go or how much wrong I do. My father is going to always be there to catch me when I fall. And he's going to always open, welcome me back with open arms. Um, and like I said, sometimes he doesn't always know what to say, but his actions speak for him and make up for his words because his, his actions are always actions of love. Um, and, you know, I honestly think that that has a lot to do with my own relationship with God and how I know God. Uh, and then so I can always just make that comparison and look back and be like, you know, this is who God is uh, because of my own father. I mean, in saying that, too, I know that God is his own. God is his own. You know what I mean? Um, but I just know that if my father, my my earthly father loves me this much, I can only imagine just how much more my heavenly father loves me. Um and uh, so, you know, that's 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 kind of what my my parent, both of my parents, you know, mean to me. They mean a lot to me. Um both of them are special to me in my life because my mom has also been there for me as well. My mom um has always taken a different approach. She's been more the one that is like if you have a problem and you need to talk to her, she's always more open to listening. She doesn't, she's non-judgmental in a lot of ways. Sometimes she is, but more, more than likely, she's very non-judgmental. My mom was the friend, well, my mom was the mom that my friends, if they ever needed to come and talk to anybody, they would go and talk to my mom because it's just like, she just had something about her where they felt more comfortable being around her, but she loved being around and being and being around young people. She, that's who she is, and that's why um, younger people feel just comfortable hanging out with her or like inviting her places or just having a good time with my mom um, because of that that who who she is, just how she relates to people. Um, and uh, so, I mean, I, I think that I have been blessed. Because my family is probably my biggest blessing from God, you know. Material thing, something that my dad would always say, just like, you know, he would always see, teach us too. It's just like material things, they go away. A family and people, your people, the pe that's what's important is the people in your life. It's not anything material. And it's just like, those things will burn, right, at the end of the day. Sometimes material things and money, they, they, it comes, it goes. But the people you love, that's what's important. The people who are in your life, those are the people, you know, that's, that's who you should care about. Because my family, and my, especially my parents, my father, just always taught us that family is the most important thing. Um, and uh, family is what's going to be there for you. Of course, you know. Uh, too, sometimes when you, the people who maybe don't always have that family to support to lean back on, your family might be your friends or your church. But at the end of the day, it's people, the people we love, that's who's important.
But hey, thank you for listening to the JXW podcast once again. If you want to be connected to everything happening with the platform, you can follow all of my social media at jpoeticsworld. That's poetics spelled with an X, world spelled W-R-L-D. And if you want to give a monetary gift to the platform, you can cash app us at jpoeticsworld. Poetics spelled with an X, world spelled W-R-L-D. But let's just close this episode and let's close the series in prayer. Lord God, we praise you. We thank you. Lord God, even in the darkest moments of our lives, we recognize that you're always with us, Lord, and you are there. That as we are feeling these balls of emotions, these these outbursts, these breaks, things that we honestly don't feel comfortable talking about, but we can come to you. And you, you understand. Lord Jesus, I thank you for every moment of our lives that we deem to be bad. But honestly, you, you made it to be something that will uplift us later on. Lord God, because in your perfect timing, you know everything. And you are leading us to the desired place that we deem ourselves to be in. But the, the roadmap is... The, the roadmap is kind of hazy to us, but that's because you have planned the road and not we ourselves. So I thank you and I glorify you for everything that you're doing in our lives today that you are bringing us up. And Lord, you are shaking off the dust from our sandals and that you are bringing us to greater rooms like you have said in Proverbs eighteen sixteen, Lord Jesus that we will no longer be in these filthy rooms, mentally, spiritually, and physically filthy rooms. Lord God, that you are blessing us in this moment, and I praise you and I glorify you for that. Thank you for everything you have done in our lives. And once more again, Lord God, thank you. I pray this in your name. Amen. Well, thank you again for listening to another episode of the JXW. Hey, I love y'all and I'll see y'all in the next episode. Love y'all. Peace.